Hello and welcome back to the Three Ball Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This episode will actually be in the normal length of episodes. And then Wednesday, we have Senator Scott on the podcast. And we're going to talk about real life issues, not just about sports. We will cover a little bit of sports and music. But most of it's going to be real life stuff. And speaking of sports, sports is back, finally. We got baseball. Opening day was the other day. And then basketball is back with their scrimmages. And the talking point of the scrimmages is obviously the greatest player to ever walk the earth. And his name is literally, he has the same first name and last name. Bull Bull, the son of Manute Bull. Bull Bull is probably the greatest basketball player I've ever seen. Um, he's seven foot two, shoots threes, blocks shots, gets rebounds. Uh, I don't know what passing. He doesn't really need to pass. And he... The Nuggets, they lined him up at small forward the other day. Their lineup was Nikola Jokic, a point guard, who's 7 foot. Jeremy Grant, a shooting guard, 6'9". Bol Bol, at small forward, 7'2". Um, Michael Porter, J- <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. at power forward, 6'10". And Marsh, or Miles Plumley, one of the Plumleys at center, 7 foot 1. That lineup is huge. And... The Nuggets might win a job. They just stick with that lineup and get some bowl ball in their life, you know. Bowl ball can just stand up and palm the ball and nobody can get it. His first NBA, his first look at NBA competition, 16 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 blocks. Dude's a beast. And if you don't think so, well, you're a crack, okay? Bowl ball's the legit goat. He should be NBA Rookie of the Year. Forget John Morant and Zion Williamson. He's Rookie of the Year. Um... Obviously, I'm joking about that, if you don't get my sarcasm. But, um, Bobo has been playing good. This NBA bubble has brought back some NBA players that were injured. Yusuf Nurkic came back. Now, the Portland Trailblazers will finally be at full strength. Um, also, for the Oklahoma City Thunder, the GOAT, Andre Roberson, came back. Um, I love me some Andre Roberson. Best defensive player in the league, in my opinion. Um, can't shoot worth a crap, but he ain't getting paid to shoot. But, <laughs> baseball is here, and if you're a baseball fan like Connor is, then... <sighs> excuse me. If you're a baseball fan like Connor is, then he will enjoy this one-minute baseball segment. But, um... Baseball, um, the Milwaukee Brewers... Just dominating people. Uh, they beat the Cubs like 8-3 to three last night. When I'm recording this. Um, the Dodgers got ran out of the building. Um, well, ran out of the stadium. They don't play in the... Eh, it's almost the building. Whatever. But, Dodgers got ran out of the building. Um, the Braves won. Uh, Orioles beat the Red Sox. The Orioles are looking like World Series contenders right now. After one game of baseball that I've watched. Um, so, I think it'll be interesting. 60-game season. So, with that, if the Orioles go on like a 20-game win streak, which is possible because the Athletics went on a 20-game win streak one time. If the Orioles go on like a 10-game winning streak, then they got a chance to make the playoffs. And the Orioles are one of the worst teams in the MLB roster-wise. They look awful. From their top to bottom, they're the worst, one of the worst rosters in the MLB. It probably goes the Marlins, the Tigers, and them. But, 
you never know. It's baseball. You don't have to have a good roster to make win baseball games. Baseball is mostly a game of luck. You can have a crappy team beat the best team. And that's just how baseball works. Um, MLS soccer's back as well. Um, it, it, yeah, they're playing like this tournament thing. I, it's kind of weird. It's almost like the World Cup, but it's just all American teams, and ain't nobody really want to watch that. I mean, I like the MLS, but shit, Louise. Some, some teams aren't even playing. They're just like, nah, we'll pass on this season. Um, so yeah. Also, I was back in Augusta recently. I'm now back in Oklahoma. But my mom brought to my attention that er, she was roasting me about my B-list celebrities that I listened to. And, she, like, oh, I, I listened to, I was list, not listening to music. I was going on naming celebrities that I would interview if they had the chance to be on my, po- on my podcast. And my mom was like, you have five people. Name the five that you're interviewing. So I was like, Nick Cannon, because I like Nick Cannon. Omarion. Omarion's a goat. If you don't know who Omarion is, go listen to some B2K. And then he had that number one hit song called Post to Be. Marion's Beast. Genuine. The Pony song. Genuine's a baller too. Like, come on. My 90s R&B. Kind of lit. Because we got in discussion about R. Kelly. And mom was like, R. Kelly's like the only 90s R&B guy that anybody listens to. I was like, whoa, Pause. I got Mario on B2K, Genuine, Mario. Oh, Mario's another guy. Mario's a baller, too. He did the Let Me Love You song. Banger. There's four right there. Like Nick Cannon, Mario, uh, Mario, Genuine. And then the last guy I would do would probably, or interview would be Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo's cool. The trumpet song, and the trumpet swing low, thing. Yeah, Jason Derulo's a baller, too. So, Mom was just roasting me on my B-list celebrities. He was like, you have no life, Galt. And I was like, yes, I do. I just don't spend my time. My mom listens to podcasts 24-7. She don't even listen to music no more. And so, my my list of my B-team of celebrities is looking good. So, I don't really care. Um, and how do you call Omari on B-list? Like, dude's a baller. He made a song with Chris Brown. Oh, what more do you want in life? <laughs> um, yeah. So, but let me know. Are these people B-list celebrities that I just like? Do I not have good taste in, well, I have great taste in music. 90s R&B is where it's at. But, um, do I just not have good taste in music, in your opinion? Like, who would you interview if you got five celebrities, five artists to interview? Who would you interview? Let me know. Um, speaking of B2K and Omarion, they well, Omarion kicked out the dude who took his ex-wife, and now Bow Wow tours with B2K. So if you think B2K is trash, they got Omarion and Bow Wow. I don't know who the other dude is, but Omarion and Bow Wow—it's all you need. Yeah, yeah. And B2K is kind of like. Some of the Black Eyed Peas, just without Fergie, you only know one of them, if we're being honest. I mean, a lot of people know the other one now, because Marion, his ex-wife broke up, and then the other dude took Marion's ex-wife. But now you know Bow Wow, so.
It's all you really need. <laughs> but yeah, I I really don't think I listen to B list people. Um, so yeah, that's just my opinion though. You don't really have to agree with me on that. Um, I don't know. I, I might have somebody on later in this podcast. I don't know. Uh, I really don't know, to be honest. I'm going to try to get somebody on the podcast after the break. So, if you do hear somebody like Brandon on the podcast, that's why. But if not, I'm not. I'm going to try to record part one and then have a part two. But if there's no part two, then you know I didn't get any guests for today. Because it's kind of last minute, if we're being honest. So, but yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about who I think is gonna win the NBA championship now with the Nuggets. Got freaking Bobo, and Bobo looks like the greatest basketball player that the earth has ever seen. Um, obviously, the Lakers. <laughs> they got the legend of Kobe Wade himself, Deion Waiters, and I'm so glad J.R. Smith is back in the NBA. Yesterday in that game, J.R. Smith was had like three dribble moves. Turned around, shot it, and it hit the side of the backboard. I'm so glad Jared Smith is back in the NBA. Jared Smith has thrown soup at somebody. Um, Dion Waiters ate too many edibles one time and had a seizure on a plane. Lakers team is looking mighty fine. LeBron doesn't support the Hong Kong <laughs> protesters. I'm, I mean, I LeBron money comes first. It's all about that business. Anthony Davis, who hasn't won a playoff series. <laughs> Quinn Cook. Uh, Quinn Cook has that. Jared Dudley, who pissed off Ben Simmons one time. Uh, yeah, the Lakers team looking lit. I'll take the Lakers. Or you got the Clippers, you got the Terminator, Kawhi Leonard. If you don't get that, then you're probably not an NBA fan. Kawhi's like a robot. Because he never laughs at anything, to be honest. Got PG-13. <sighs> Excuse me. Montrez Harrell, the guy who likes to party, Lou Will. Uh, they got one of the Morrises, Reggie Jackson, who's actually kind of a baller, to be honest. That's another. If I had to interview NBA players, Reggie Jackson might be up there. I don't know. Uh, maybe I like B-list basketball players, though, because B-list basketball players actually be cool. A-list basketball players, not so much. I know what LeBron's about. I ain't trying to talk to LeBron. But some B-list basketball players and C-list basketball players, I'll talk to. Um, You know, like Kyle Korver, the guy who barely makes the All-Star game. I'll talk to Kyle Korver for a little bit. Um, Or you go to the Bucks. They got Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo or Mr. NBA 2K20 MVP every year. Um, The man who could rule Greece if he wanted to. They got Chris Middleton, the OG. Also, one thing, funny thing about Giannis, he said he hadn't touched a basketball for three months and didn't have a hoop. Came out and said he lied about that so he could get the edge in the competitors. That's, uh, that's some real MJ crap right there. Michael Jordan just be like, uh, Giannis is going to start taking everything personally. We go on and say, I think the Bucks will lose game one of whatever series they're in, and Giannis about to take that personally and drop 1,000 points. Um, obviously he won't drop a thousand points. You can't do that in an NBA game. They barely score a hundred sometimes. But Giannis might go for 80. He, because, you know, Kobe, 
Kobe said Giannis was gonna do two things: win the NBA championship, win the MVP. Already won the MVP. Now he just needs the NBA championship on his resume. And what's funny, <laughs> also, people think Colin Cowherd. Nonetheless, Colin Cowherd said that if Kawhi Leonard wins the NBA championship this year, it gets Finals MVP. He'll be a top five NBA player of all time. Now, like I say, it's a stupid theory. But it's kind of weird, because if you look at it, Kawhi, the first year he won Finals MVP, don't think he should have won it whatsoever. It's like an Andre Iguodala Finals MVP, because if you look at that team that he won on the guy, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, they got the big three of the Spurs. They had people like Danny Green on that team, Tiago Splitter, greatest coach in the world, Greg Popovich. There was a lot of superstar talent on that team. And Kawhi gets the finals MVP because he was playing defense on LeBron. Now, if I got the stats up there, I'm pretty sure Tim Duncan didn't do amazing. But you could give it to Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. I don't know if Kawhi was actually the best player on the Spurs that year. Off the top of my head. And then, obviously, when he won it in Toronto, he definitely deserved it. So, if you're Skip Bayless, you think Fred Van Leet deserved it. Even though Fred Van Fleet is a baller, but I'm not going to say he deserved it over Kawhi when he was just being guarded by Steph Curry. It ain't that hard. If you're an, if you're an NBA player who can score, it ain't that hard to score on Steph Curry, for being honest. Chris Paul did the little shimmy on Steph Curry, and Steph Curry doesn't know how to guard a pick and roll whatsoever. So, it really ain't that impressive, in my opinion. Unless you want to drop 50 on Steph, and then I'll give you some credit. But... Well, actually, I give Fred Van Lee a lot of credit. Even Kyle Lowry balled out in that game. So, Kawhi definitely deserved it with the Raptors. Now, this year, now this year with the Clippers, it'll be weird. Because he does actually have another legit superstar this year in Paul George. Now, I think he'll win the Finals MVP if they do win the Finals. Because Paul George ain't going to go on a bin and drop 40 every night. But Kawhi is going to do his thing. He's probably going to score 25, the most quiet 25 points ever, and grab six rebounds and get four assists and get three steals games. That's, that's, that'll just be Kawhi. So, it's my little opinion on Kawhi. But also, in NBA basketball, the New York Knicks are finalizing a deal with Tom Thibodeau to be their new head coach. A.K.A. the man who ruined Derrick Rose's career. A.K.A. the man who plays his starters 48 minutes a game. Um, if you don't get that, Tom Thibodeau, he used to be the coach of the Bulls. Tibbs is a good coach, but he expects way too much out of his players. The last time Tibbs coached, it was in Minnesota, and Minnesota had all the talent in the world. They missed the playoffs. So is Tibbs that good of a coach? I really don't know. Um... Tibbs, Tibbs didn't need to be head coach. I know what Tom Thibodeau can do, and it ain't great. He ain't never won an NBA Finals. He has never been an assistant coach on a Finals winning team. Like, that's the type of stuff you need. Um, and he never played. So why is he a coach? I don't know. Frank, At least Frank Vogel was assistant on the team that made the championship. Um, so what? Nate McMillan played, so that's where he gets his credit. Steve Kerr played, sat on the bench for multiple championship teams. Uh, Phil Jackson played in the NBA, also sat the bench in a couple of championship teams. Greg Popovich played maybe like a year in the NBA, but he played. Rick Carlisle did both. 
he sat on the bench for or sat on the bench for championship teams and then was an assistant coach for a team that made the NBA Finals and Larry Bird was the head coach. Then he went to Detroit and won a championship in Detroit, then went to Dallas and won a championship in Dallas. Rick Carlisle's a legit head coach. Brad Stevens did his time in the college system. He took Butler to the Final Four a couple times and then a championship game. Dude can coach. We know that. Thibodeau gets eliminated in the first round or doesn't make the playoffs and then gets his MVP player injured because of the fact he wants to play him when the Bulls are winning at 30. It's stupid. So that's just my thing. I mean, Nick's got young players. So I guess their knees can take it for now even though Derrick Rose was only like 22 when he got injured. So, yeah, that's just my opinion on Tom Thibodeau. I think there were much better options out there for a head coach, even, like, when Derrick Fisher was there. They missed the playoffs the year. They had they won, like, 20 games the year before because Melo got injured. Everybody got injured on the Knicks team. They dra- Him and Derrick Fisher and Phil Jackson decided to take Kristaps Porzingis over a lot of pl- players that people thought the Knicks should have taken. Ended up being a great choice. Kristaps is an all-star player and averages 20-plus points a game with 8-plus rebounds a game. So, there we go. That's the first good decision Eric Fisher and Phil Jackson made. Then, after that, they improved their record and make the playoffs. Oh, my God. What a season. Then, the next year, he's going to get fired halfway through the season. For And they were on track to win as many games as they were last year. The year before that. So why is he getting fired? Because Knicks fans don't like him? I don't know. Knicks fans are stupid. They like Frank Neal Aquino, who's one, who's a bust. He was the number eight overall pick. And he averages six points, two assists, and shoots horrible from the floor. But Knicks fans love him. But what about Kristaps? You don't like Kristaps? You didn't like Kristaps at the time, because why? In fact, you took... Frank Neokina over Dennis Hood Jr. and DSJ could have would have been a legit baller if the Mavericks hadn't traded him and he went to the most dysfunctional franchise in history, the New York Knicks. In fact, the New York Knicks they start Frank Neokina over DSJ because who knows why? DSJ is way better athletically. Defense, it's the NBA. Nobody cares if you don't play defense, especially if your name's Steph Curry. But if DSJ doesn't play defense, it's a huge problem because Frank Nielakina can. But Frank Nielakina can't score or shoot above 40% from the floor. And that's not a problem, but whatever. Dennis Smith Jr. is actually a legit baller, but whatever. New York, you do you. It's the same franchise that hires 30 coaches in a year. Like, come on. It's stupid that you guys think you're all that when really you should just be going through a natural rebuild and you want to change everything up. Whatever. You do you, New York. You traded the best player you've you had in years in Carmelo to Oklahoma City for legit nothing. Like, I don't understand the Knicks. They're stupid... Their franchise is dysfunctional. And don't blame it all on James Dolan. He just owns the team. He hires the GM. And the GM that everybody hated, Phil Jackson, actually did the, a half-decent job than what they're getting today. So don't act like it's all James Dolan's fault. Like, come on. The franchise is worth more than it's ever been in years. 
don't act like it's James Dolan's fault. This, the, the, the Knicks are stupid. Knicks fans are stupid, too. If you're a Knicks fan, I'm sorry. But looking, why don't you take a strong look at your team over the last 10 years? James Dolan hired Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson was one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest coach of all time. I personally put Pop before him, but whatever. Phil Jackson ran that franchise pretty good. And then he hired D. Fish, who Knicks fans hate for some reason. Look, and you want to say, oh, it's because of his play calling and stupid stuff like that. Steve Kerr can't, Steve Kerr's all for writing down plays. Steve Kerr ain't a good coach. I'm sorry, Warriors fans. Steve Kerr ain't a good coach. If you look at the games that Steve Kerr lost in the finals, or not in the finals, in the playoffs last year, you go from, you face the Clippers in the first round, and there's no Kawhi Leonard or Paul George on that Clippers team. They're just a group of players who go 100% all the time. You lost two games of them. It should have been a sweep. You had Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Boogie Cousins. That should have been a sweep. No, 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 no. They're going to win two games, so you win 4-2. to two. Then you go to 7 with the Rockets. Whatever. Who cares? Then you lose in the NBA Finals because Steve Kerr can't. He's too invested in the Steph Curry parade to know what to do in the moment because he played apparently playing with MJ didn't teach him anything where sometimes you don't need to go to the cl- you don't need to go to the biggest star of the franchise a lot of times in in games if you go back and look at that Bulls championship runs John Paxson would hit a clutch shot or Scott Burrell played good or Steve Kerr himself hit the game winning shot but in a time where Steve Kerr is now the head coach you go to Steph Curry, who's never hit a clutch shot in his life when it matters. And you go, instead of going to the man who got fouled every time in the paint, Boogie Cousins. Now, people call me stupid for saying this, but I don't give a crap. Boogie Cousins, every time he went to the paint, he got fouled. Who cares if he's 50%? He's getting fouled every time he goes into the paint. But Steph, Steve Kerr wants to draw up some stupid play for Steph Curry to take a fadeaway three-pointer that the Harlem Globetrotters would take. And it bricks. What a surprise. And people and people want to roast Max Kellerman for saying he'd rather have Iggy take that clutch. Iggy take a wide-open three for the win than Steph Curry. I would, too. Not because I'm saying Steph Curry's not a better player than Iggy. But... Most of the time, whether people like it or not, superstar players don't always take the clutch shots. Now, when Michael Jordan did take them, he made them. But when Steph Curry takes them, he doesn't make them. So what's the point of giving him the ball in the clutch? I mean, even MJ knew, you know, sometimes I got to pass to John Paxson or I'm passing to Steve Kerr or Scott Brell's going to score 23 for no reason. But you got to know when... To pass the ball. And Curry just sides. And when he does pass the ball. He goes behind the back for no reason. You got to know when. To be. Clutch player. And when to not be a clutch player. And just just my opinion though. He, it's just me. Like. When the Bulls. When MJ retired the first time. Who's the clutch player on the team? Tony Kukoc. Now was Tony Kukoc the best player on that team? No. Scotty Pippen was the best player on the team. But who took the clutch shots? Tony Kukoc. 
You gotta know when that's the situation. Steph Curry, right now, the best player on the Warriors. But is, am I gonna give Steph Curry the clutch shot? No, I'm gonna let Klay Thompson take the game-winning shot. That's just my opinion, though. And there are plenty of teams like that. Where, for the win, I'm not... Like, the Utah Jazz. I talked about... And I said this to somebody on Instagram today. The Utah Jazz. Who was the best player on the Utah Jazz team? Carl Malone, without a doubt, right? But who took the clutch shots on that team when it mattered in the playoffs? John Stockton. Who made the clutch shots when it counted? John Stockton. Who missed shots when it counted? Carl Malone. Same basic theory here. It's not even a theory. It's just some guys are a lot, a lot more clutch than the star players. Now... Miami Heat, another good team to use this on. LeBron, who's the best? Who was the best player in that Miami Heat championship run? LeBron James. Who took the clutch shots? Dwayne Wade and even Ray Allen. That's that's just the overall basic of things. Now the Celtics, on the other hand, you got you got some superstars who, on rare occasion, are the best player on your team and are clutch, like the Larry Birds. Like the Michael Jordans and even Michael knew in the past sometimes. Le- and LeBron knows he's not the greatest clutch player in the world, but LeBron can make a game-winning shot. It's just not going to be in an elimination game. But LeBron can, can make a game-winning shot in the playoffs. I'm not saying he can't. Like LeBron in Game 7. Who has taken that game-winning shot? Kyrie. But who's the best player on that team without a doubt? LeBron. You just got to know the situation. You got to know when when you're not needed and when you are needed. And Steph Curry, in the last 10 seconds of an elimination game, is not needed. I'm letting Klay Thompson. I'm running a screenplay for Klay Thompson. I'm letting him catch the ball. And I'm going to let him do what he does. I'm going to run the plays that Larry Bird drew up with the Pacers. I'm going to do the same thing with Clay Thompson's that the Pacers did with Reggie Miller in clutch shots. Reggie Miller is one, one of those guys who could be the best player on the team and make a clutch shot. But Reggie Miller is like Clay Thompson. He's not going to get his own shot off. Or he's not going to dribble 30 times, take a major step back, and drain a three-pointer. Reggie Miller is going to come off the screen, catch the ball, push Michael Jordan, and hit a game-winning shot. Clay Thompson will come off the screen, do a little push-off on whoever's... J.R. Smith and make a game-winning shot. That's... You, you gotta know in the clutch when you're needed and when you're not needed. And that's just how I view NBA basketball. You gotta go to the guy who's hot, who has the hot hand, like in those games. Michael Jordan was obviously the best player on those Bulls teams. But... Sometimes, John Paxson had the hot hand because they're leaving him open all the time. John Paxson had the hot hand. Now, I know MJ can take that shot and make that shot. But role players who are on a roll typically don't miss in the clutch. It's just me. Role players who have the hot hand don't miss. Steve Kerr. When Steve Kerr has the hot hand, he ain't gonna miss. That's just... Of things of NBA basketball that nobody understands anymore. Role players, when they have the hot hand, keep feeding them the ball. Like, I've seen Deion Waiters 
he's a role player in today's game. But Dion Waiters can play offense. I've seen Dan Dion Waiters score thirty points in a game just because he's feeling it. That's just how it is sometimes. You gotta let role players who are feeling it keep shooting. And that's that's what I thought Jimmy Fredette would be. More like a Steve Kerr, John Paxson. But role players like that and aren't needed in the NBA anymore for some reason. Because the game's evolved and you have to have all this speed. Jimmer Fredette, my my NBA comparison for Jimmer Fredette is like Steve Kerr or John Paxson. He's gonna be a spot up shooter and a role player. That's what that's what I would want for my team. And so the next time I have an episode of this podcast where it's just me, I will give you my team that I would that I would pick. I'm gonna have Two superstars at most. I'm not going to have three like all these big three teams. I'm going to have two superstars at most. And I'm going to pick the role players around them. Because role players are what wins you basketball games. And the NBA the NBA past, it won you basketball games. The NBA today, it can still win you basketball games. You just have to get the right people to be role players. But that's going to be the end of the podcast today. Um, Thank you for listening. Um, I really do appreciate it. Especially if you stuck around for the whole Steph Curry rant and the role players thing. Um, This is just my opinion on Steph. You don't have to agree with me. But thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.